we are two-thirds through our way of our prayer and fasting. Yes, right? I'm, I'm struggling with this one. This one's a tough one. Uh, but we're, we're two-thirds of the way. Um, if you haven't participated yet, it's not too late. You got this week. You can jump in. Uh, basically, we're just, fasting is not, you know, just giving up something, right? That's called a diet. Uh, but fasting is just putting something aside. Maybe it's a meal um, or maybe it's entertainment or social media. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Uh, but it's just giving up something so that you can take that time that you would normally spend doing that thing and spend that time seeking after the Lord. So we're uh, 21 days, two-thirds into it. Um, if you've had an encounter with God where God's revealed something to you that you've gotten a revelation through this time, we'd love to celebrate that with you, and, encourage, and we'd be encouraged to hear that. So if you do have a story to share with that, be feel, uh, feel free to text or email myself or Matthew, because um, we'd love to hear that story. Um, and so, yeah, do that. Uh, let's see. Oh, and thanks to Gigi, she's been posting to the, if you're on her Facebook page, uh, every day she posts a, a prayer and fasting scripture and prayer point, and those have been super helpful. So, yes, everybody, yep, that was weak. So I'm preaching today, you guys are going to have to pick it up a notch, all right, because I need it. Um, all right, so if you didn't know, Matthew's out sick today. And I got a text at 7 a.m. saying, hey, you're going to have to preach. So uh, I'm preaching Matthew's sermon. Okay, uh, He wrote this through his heart and through prayer and through the Holy Spirit, got this sermon. So uh, God's going to use my mouth to deliver it today. So if I refer to the notes a little bit, that's because I just went over them about an hour ago. Okay, uh, Thanks, Ryan. That was funny. LAUGHTER I thought it was funny, but I've learned, you know, I've been preaching for, goodness, probably 15 years or so, and two things I've learned about preaching uh, that they don't teach in seminary is always drop a deuce before you get up and preach, (laughs) because you don't need the extra pressure, and if God can speak to Balaam through a donkey, then he can use a jackass like me, right? (laughs) So, we're going to get into some scripture, amen. All right. With that said, do you ever wonder what Jesus is like, right, when he was growing up? uh, We have a very short little snippet of Jesus' life, right? We uh, get a little bit about his childhood and then about, you know, uh, four gospels of of three, three and a half years of his life here on earth. So I'm always wondering, like, what was Jesus like outside of what that picture gives us, right? Like when he was a kid, did he stumble? Right? Did he fall and hurt his knee? Did he cry? Did he run to mom and dad uh, for help? Uh, you know, when he was older, was he a practical joker? You know, did he rip one in a tent and say, dude, Peter, what is up, man? Uh, you know, what, what, what was Jesus like? Because we don't get to see a lot of the outside Jesus. We get to see a lot of his ministry, right? Um, but, I mean, Jesus was fully man, so I'm sure he had tummy rumbles from time to time and uh, you know, maybe gas, I don't know. Um, but, you know, we, we, we get little pictures here, and, and John gives us a, good, a, good, a pretty good picture of Jesus' life, right? Um, and, and through the Gospel of John, we get a glimpse of uh, who Jesus is, but it does give an account of his life, right, his death, and his resurrection. And so whether he had gas or not, I don't know, and I don't think it really matters, but he, he does give us a, a picture of the important things, right? And so the very last thing that John writes is in John 20. He said, Jesus did many other things as well, 
If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So outside of all those miracles and things that we see Jesus do, John's saying he did so much more that wasn't even accounted for. So I can't imagine what it was like to be a disciple, to be following Jesus from town to town, seeing all these things happen, right? going to bed at night going, what in the world, right? <laughs> what did we just experience? Um, so I want to know what else he did, right? And I, I, I can't wait, you know, when we're in the fullest of his glory, I believe that all of those things will be revealed, and I mean, we'll get to see a picture of who Jesus was in his entirety. Uh, I think it's going to be amazing. Um, but we do know what we know about Jesus because of the New Testament, right? Uh, we have these abbreviated counts, but do you ever wonder what Jesus was like, right? Anybody else? Or is it just me? I'm a weirdo, so I think weird thoughts all the time. Um, but we want to know what was his life like, you know? How, how did he travel? What was his personality like when in between ministry? Uh, how did he pray, right? And thankfully, we do have a, a, a glimpse into and into Jesus' prayer life. He had an incredible prayer life, right? If you read through the gospel accounts, there's many accounts where he's often in prayer, alone, right? He's constantly drawing away from the crowds, getting alone with the Father, spending time alone in prayer. Uh, you know, before the crucifixion, there's that beautiful account of him praying in earnest, right? God, if there's any other way, let it be done, but your will be done, right? Um, so, we have the disciples following around, and as the video introduced, the series uh, suggested, he didn't, they didn't ask him how to preach or, God, show us how to do this or this, but Jesus, teach us how to pray, right? And so we, call, we have the Lord's Prayer, and we say that every week as part of our liturgy here, and we want to make sure that when we say that, it's not just a, we're just going through it, Right? Uh, because there's such meaning behind the Lord's Prayer. And I do believe that the Lord's Prayer is not only a model of prayer, but it is a look into the depths of who Jesus was. Because if we go through this together, we'll see that every one of these points really points to Jesus' character and to his soul. So let's go through the, the Lord's Prayer again. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and leave us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from, from uh, the evil one. So right out of the, the first phrase there, our Father in heaven, reference to the Father, right? Jesus regularly called God his Father. When Jesus was baptized, right, God shows up, and he doesn't say, hey, good job, man, right? He's like, this is my son, whom I am well pleased and he's establishing that I'm not just this God up in the heavens far away, right? I have a relationship with this man. He's not, he's not just a prophet. He's my son. And if he's my son, right, and we become sons and daughters of God through Christ. So not only does Jesus call him father, but he's saying you have access to the father. The God of the universe is your father. And that's an amazing revelation, right? And that is only possible because of Jesus, Right? So here he is establishing that. No, we get to address God as Father. We don't have to come to him fear and trembling. We get to come to him just as we are, just as a child comes to us. Right? I mean, I'm, I work, have a home office, and our floors creak really bad. And so my kids are downstairs, and we homeschool, right? And so they're in the basement doing their homeschooling, and anytime I get out off my desk and I go, I'm thirsty, I need a drink. 
and I open the door to my office, and I start walking on those creaky floors. Before I get to the kitchen, there's two kids running at me. Daddy, 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 are you off? Are you off? <laughs> and I have to disappoint them every time. Like, no, it's only, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm not off yet. <laughs> um, but that, there's that eager anticipation of like, even though daddy looks busy, we're going to run right to him, right? And Jesus made a way for us as Christians, like, we get to run right to the Father, Right, Najee was saying, like, there's barriers that the devil tries to put in our way to keep us from going to the Father. And, but we can break through those barriers because those barriers, Jesus broke through them for us, right? He made a way where there was no way so that we can go directly to the Father, right? Sin separates us from God, but he dealt with that problem. And when we repent and give our lives to Jesus, guess what? That problem got dealt with, right? I don't have to, when I sin, I don't have to go, oh, God, I can't approach God. No, I go, I get to run straight to God into his arms of grace and say, God, I'm sorry I messed up. And he's like, it's okay, son. Come here, right? So Jesus made that possible, and he's pointing to that in that first line of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Jesus is the one who sanctifies God's name, right? God's name's gotten a lot of uh, uh, negative connotations to it throughout the years. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. He's good, Right? Hallowed be your name. You're good. You're holy. There's something powerful about the name of God, right? There's something powerful in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. And Jesus is establishing that in the second line. Third line, thy kingdom come. Jesus went around declaring that it's time for God to become king, and this is what the kingdom looks like. Amen. Right? And we're going we're gonna to expound on that today because that's the point we're at in our series. Thy will be done. He did God's will. He prayed before his crucifixion. If it's not possible, if there's any other way, not my will, but your will be done. Right? Not only was Jesus teaching them this prayer, but he modeled that prayer in his own life. Right? So this isn't just a, hey, you repeat this word for word, but hey, here's a model of prayer, not only in vocalization, but in living this out. Amen? Uh, Daily bread. Jesus feeds the 5,000, having compassion on the poor. Again, he's living out the exemplification of this prayer. And forgive us. Through the Gospels, Jesus is constantly forgiving all sorts of people, saying your sins are forgiven, and providing a way for us to be, be, be forgiven by his death. Forgiving others, he's insistent that we forgive. This is a tough one. God forgive me, but <laughs> that guy, right? Um, Jesus goes so far as to command us to forgive our enemies, and that's a tough one. All right, if you ever had some rough, rough relationships and there's some people who still drag your name through the ground, and uh, those, are, those are some tough ones to go through. And sometimes it's a process, but ultimately we have to find it in our heart to forgive them, right? And there's, it's, a, it's only by the grace of God that we can do it because God can do something I can't. And so when I get to those points where it's like, God, I don't know how to forgive them, he comes in, he's like, I'll, let me show you how. Let, let me take that. You just give it to me, and I'll, I'll deal with it. Amen? And prayer for deliverance. Delivers from the evil one, right? This is the prayer that Jesus prayed as the darkness was closing in before the crucifixion. He prayed that his disciples would not be overcome by the darkness. And because Jesus has overcome death, we know that evil will not ultimately win. So that's an encouragement way, an encouraging way to end a prayer, right? Even though things look bleak right now, devil, you don't have this. Right? It's okay to tell the devil to get the hell out of your life. Right? No, no, you don't belong here. Come on. I'm not dealing with this today. I don't have time for you today. You can try to whisper all sorts of stuff in my life, but devil, just get the hell out. Amen? All right. So he's, he's the invisible background of that whole prayer. Right? 
So as we're praying this, Jesus is teaching the disciples. He's like, I'm really teaching you about me. Right? I'm teaching you to pray, but I'm teaching you about me. And so every statement, right, and, and every line in that prayer points to him. Uh, to know the Lord's prayer is to know Jesus better. And so that's why we're going through this series. So each week we've been reading from a different translation to get to different perspective on the Lord's Prayer. This time we're going to read from the message. It's a great devotional translation. Uh, so what Eugene Peterson did is, you know, there's all sorts of translations out there. There's ESV, you know, NAB, uh, the Net Bible, you know, and every time you turn around, a new translation is coming out. And I love it. I think it's great. Um, this isn't one you probably want to do a deep theological study with, right? Because I think what Eugene Peterson did, he's, he read the scripture and he said, how can, I con- how can I convey the heart of what God's trying to say through this passage of scripture in a way that relates to modern people, right? And so we're going to read uh, his translation of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 5 through 13. And again, I, I love this translation because I think it really does. It kind of puts things in a modern context and kind of stirs my heart to know the prayer more, all right? It says... And when you come before God, don't turn into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? I can just picture like God as a judge on America's Got Talent or something, you know. (laughs) And somebody's up there trying to pray a flowery prayer, and he's like, you know, buzzing them out. Um, Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage the focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace prayers it's not for God right God gave us prayer for us he's okay without our prayers but he gave us a way to speak to him and relate to him and emote to him and come before him and say oh God, I, I can bring this to you. Like Najee was saying, maybe you can't take it to your wife or your boss or, or your you know, best friend, but God's always there, right? He's always there, and he's always willing to listen. He's always with open arms. He's never going to say, ah, not today, dude. I don't have time. I'm sorry I'm too busy. He's always there. And you can come before him just as you are. Like, not, like I, I, My prayers are just like I, I talk to you guys or talk to my wife, like, I joke in my prayers. I yell in my prayers. You know, I, I let my emotions come out in my prayers. It's just because I'm, I'm speaking to God, right? It doesn't have to be re- versed. It doesn't have to be rehearsed. It's not professionalism. It's just coming before him and saying, oh, God, I don't know what to do in this situation. How did I get myself in this situation? It's most of my prayers. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll continue on with, G, uh, with uh, Eugene Peterson's translation here. It says, the, lo- the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. And then he gives us the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. Um, And amen is basically just saying yes. 
right? So be it. And so when we're, we're going to take a deep dive into thy kingdom come, and I want to say amen at the end of that, right? A hearty yes. Yes, God, that's what we want. So we're going we're gonna to look at hallowed be the, or we, in the first couple of phrases previously, last week we prayed hallowed be thy name. Uh, Halloween is a word related to holy, consecrated, set apart, unique. Uh, we're just telling God you, there's no one like you, right? You're God. So hallowed be thy name. You are uncomparable. I can't compare you to anyone, right? Uh, there is no other. Halloween God heals your view of the world and your view of yourself, right? Once we've elevated God to that position of where he belongs in our lives, all of a sudden we can look at situations in, in his, perspective, his perspective, right? So God, you know all. I don't. Why am I worried about this? Because I can't see the big picture. You do, and you're not worried, right? God, you are omnipresent. You're everywhere. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't make it to that meeting, and I don't know what happened, and, you know, maybe my boss is really mad. I don't know, but you know, right? You're omni... Uh, what's the powerful one? Omnipotent. There you go. Omnipotent. You're all-powerful. Yeah, I can't accomplish this. I can't fix this problem, but you can, Right? And so as we hallow his name and lift him up and recognize who he is, it begins to put his perspective over our perspective. All right? Um, Jesus remind us, is reminding us through the Lord's Prayer that we're in a story. Um, somehow, God's name is not being treated as unique and one of a kind. God's name has been defiled, it's been mistreated, and has been misunderstood. If you read throughout history, uh, man has done a very poor job of representing God right? Uh, all the atrocities in and out of the church that have happened. Um, and so Jesus is praying through this, and he's like, we want to restore your name. We want to restore what your name means. We want to restore the authority that you carry in the perspective of the people and the church, right? Uh, we want everyone in the world to recognize who you are, despite us, so we pray for its restoration. Um, he's inviting us into this story. I love the, the narrative that our lives are stories, right? And that God's story is so big and so unique that it's not like any story that's ever been written because we think of stories as having chapters, right? So Kevin's got a chapter in this life. Mary's got a chapter. Gigi's got a chapter. Ryan's got a chapter, right? But God's story isn't chapterized like that because my chapter intercedes with your chapter, and your chapter intercedes with someone. So these chapters are all overlapping. So it's not like I can go, you know, well, ah, oh, there's my chapter. It's all about me. No, it's all about everybody, right? And if you read through his story, right, history, uh, it's all about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, everything in the book, the Bible, points to, points to Christ. And I want my life, the story of my life, to do the same. Right? I want my failures to point to Jesus. I want my victories to point to Jesus. Why? Because he is the hero of my story. Amen? So, Jesus has come to set all of this right. Right? There's supposed to be this relational uh, condition between us and, and God the Father. Right? And when, if you look at even Genesis 1 through 3, everything starts out really good. Right? And then by chapter 3, we've blown it. <laughs> It didn't take long, did it? Uh, three chapters in, you're like, oh, God, 
oh, what did you do, right? And I always joke, like, if Adam hadn't messed it up, I would have, right? Um, but yeah, by chapter three of the Bible, it, it's already, it's done, right? So, but heaven and earth were all, I mean, it was all right there together in the beginning, right? And we want that restored. And that's why we pray thy kingdom come, right? We want God's kingdom in our lives. So uh, Matthew has a uh, illustration here where I'm supposed to draw something, but because I don't have an easel or a piece of paper, all right, I'm going to use some imaginary drawings, okay? All right, so for many of us, when we think about the concepts of heaven and earth or God's kingdom, we think of these very two separate worlds, right? Here's earth over here, and then way out somewhere far in the galaxy, there's a heaven, right? And Jesus had to leave this heaven and come and save us from evil in this world. And then he's going to take us out of this world all the way back to heaven, right? And so there's this giant gap in our theology where we think heaven and earth are these huge separate places. This is all spiritual and and lights and holiness and this is darkness, right? But there's some truth to that, right? But I think there's a bigger picture here. So the story of Scripture begins with heaven and earth, and they're overlapping, right? They're not two separate things. They're overlapping. And, you know, Adam walking with God in the cool of the day, right? There's this, there's this interlapping, interrelational part of heaven and earth. And so God's space and human space are totally united and connected, right? Adam's not thinking, oh, i got to go step into a place where God is, and then I'm going to step back out of it, right? No, it's just we're here. God's here. This is awesome. And so God has given these image-bearing creatures known as humans the remarkable dignity and honor of will and choice and freedom to begin to build a world in harmony with God, right? Or they could choose to do it independently of God and do it on their own. And unfortunately, that's what we chose. Uh, Humans chose independence, and we have still continued to do so today, right? I got this, God. Don't need your help. I got it figured out, right? I am a self-made man. I pull up my bootstraps every morning. I work hard, make that paycheck. It's going to, yeah, I got to do it. And God the whole time is like, you don't have to do it by yourself. I'm here, right? You can try, and usually we know how that works out. Um, But we choose to build a world with our own definitions of right and wrong, of good and evil, right? And this is the story that we see in Genesis chapter 3, that independence beginning to unfold. And God, we were stepping out of God's dwelling, right, by choosing uh, sin, by choosing ourselves over him. So because of humanity's choice to go without God, heaven and earth are separated, right? Sin separates us from God. And so because we made that choice, heaven and earth are ripped apart, But how ridiculous is it for humans to think we could ever drive God out, right? Throughout history, we're constantly trying to push God out or trying to bring him down to our level, right? Tower of Babel, (laughs) numerous events through the church history, like where we're trying to be God or trying to represent him with our own intellect and own abilities, right? Um, But heaven and earth are not completely separate spaces. They are distinct, but there is an overlap, right? So instead of earth over here, heaven way out here, think of it, earth is here and heaven's here, right? And we want 
where those pieces of heaven have been lost in this earth to invade in our lives, right? Thy kingdom come. We want to see God's kingdom. And the story is about this movement, bringing heaven to earth, right? Not from way out there, but really it's just revealing it in the places that it already exists. It's about heaven invading earth and taking it back over. It's about not only reclaiming the world, but restoring human beings to who we were made and called to be. The great claim of Jesus is that he is the one doing the restoring. I can't make that happen. That's why I have to pray for it. I can't bring healing to someone. That's why we pray for it, right? I can't bring revelation to someone. That's why we're asking, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself through us, right? So we need this prayer. Jesus calls the earth this age or this world. Uh, heaven is referred to as this age or the age to come or the kingdom. Uh, if you can remember back to our Advent series that Matthew went through before, you know, before Christmas, Jesus' main announcement was the kingdom of God, right? Uh, his very first public words in the Gospel of Matthew are, repent for the kingdom of, of God is near. The Gospel of Mark, Jesus' first public words were, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. And in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' first public words were, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's flavor, not flavor, favor. <laughs> Woo, favor. Those are kingdom words, right? Right, that's not just like, hey, I'm here, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> no, it's like, no, I came to heal the sick, I came to raise the dead, I came to drive out demons. You know, like, Jesus is like, no, kingdom's here. Let's do some business. Let, let's do some kingdom work. Let's bring victory where there is no victory. Let's go proclaim truth where there is no truth. Let's go tell the captives, no, you don't have to be captive anymore. You're free. Let's tell the oppressed, you don't have to be sad anymore. There's joy. Those are kingdom words, right? This isn't just like a business proposal that God's like, hey, I got a good plan. No, he's like, no, I came to invade. I came to bring my goodness where there is no goodness. I came to bring light where there's darkness. I came to drive out evil where evil has ruled for too long. And we embody that in the church. The kingdom of God arrived in Jesus not just by what he said, but by what he did. I believe that our prayers, if we pray with intensity and you know, with a, 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 just an honest heart, will eventually evoke motion. If I pray and invest in prayer, I want to see something happen, right? If I pray for injustice for long enough, I have a feeling God's going to spark something inside of me to go fight injustice, right? If I pray for healing in someone, right, and I see that person healed, not because of my prayers, but because of God's goodness, that brings me in full circle back to hallowed be thy name. <laughs> and guess what? I'm going to want more of his kingdom to come. So there's, it's, just, it's all around just the circular, like, I don't know, God's just so good in it. But the story of the Bible ends with heaven and earth completely overlapping once again. It ends with the physical world, right? It doesn't say the world's going to be completely done away with. There's a physical world in the end when you read the Revelation. But it's a restored creation, right? And restored human beings living out the purpose and the calling that they were first created to be. Does that make sense? All right. So what does this have to do with the Lord's Prayer? It's everything. 
right? Jesus is praying, God, let your kingdom come, right? Let it come and let it spread. Let, it, let it, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, has God's kingdom come? I have, yeah. Well, I think when Jesus came, he established that, right? God's kingdom's here. Uh, does that mean everything's fine and perfect? No, right? That's that tension we mentioned in, in our Advent series. We still live in that tension, tension between Jesus' first coming and second coming. Um, has God's kingdom fully permeated every inch of the world yet? No, right? But that's why we're here. Like, we want God's kingdom to flow through us. We want to bring, like, Najee at his work, you know, that story. I love that story. Like, that's kingdom, right? He, he wasn't trying to do anything. She came to him. was like, hey, I need prayer. And boom, God's kingdom shows up, right? Uh, as a believer, has God's kingdom come into your life? I believe absolutely yes, right? You are a temple. The temple they, you know, talked about you're a temple. Your body's a temple. And guess who lives in that temple? The Holy Spirit, right? God's kingdom is here. Uh, has the kingdom come and fully permeated every inch of your life, your desires, your dreams? Um, no, probably not. But I have to believe that there's some part of it, right? It's a process. Like when I was saved, it doesn't mean every day in my life is peachy now, right? I, I'm not perfect. I, I'm, not, I'm perfectly saved, but I'm not perfect. Uh, but it's a process, right? And sometimes we experience those substantial leaps in our faith, right? Where the kingdom of God just seems to shine on us on, you know, one day and you're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, Jesus is here and things begin to happen. You see miracles, you see things, you have revelations. Uh, and I love those moments and we want more of those moments, right? But it is a process. So we pray, thy kingdom come. This is a prayer that God's kingdom would come to individuals and to entire systems and structures, Right? Uh, how many praying right now? God, let your kingdom come in the White House. Right? Let it come in the impeachment trials. Let it come <laughs> anywhere in our government, right? Um, but I think it believes it first comes to us. Right? I want to see God's kingdom work in me so that I can get out of the way and let God work through my life so that he can impact somebody else. So what we're praying for is more and more of heaven to take over more and more of earth. Right? Those little pockets that they were showing on the illustration. For more and more of God's kingdom to take over more and more of my life, uh, for more of God's justice, for more of God's beauty, for reconciliation, uh, for more people reconciled to God and to each other. Um, we're looking for that whole thing of oppression and injustice to be completely undone. This is our story, and this is our vision of the world as disciples of Jesus. We want God's kingdom. Um, does anybody know who Aaron Rodgers is? I have a story about him, and I had no clue who he was. So um, Matthew apparently did, though. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And sadly, he's already on summer break and will not be playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, if Matthew had a second team, uh, are you allowed second teams? I don't know. Matthew's asking that question. Uh, if it were, I guess his would be the Packers. Um, but Aaron stirred up some controversy this week with comments he made about Christianity, at least controversy with his family. Apparently, he grew up in a religious home, and for the last five years, he and his family had been estranged. Uh, Rogers is dating Danica Patrick, former race car driver. Anybody know who that is? All right, there you go. Uh, she has a podcast, and she re recently interviewed Rogers. Uh, Matthew watched the interview, and it was far more gracious than the headlines would make you think, such as our modern news of click and bait. 
Uh, but in the interview, Rogers talks about how religion was a big part of his life when he was younger and the structure within his community. However, he says he did not find a connection with his Christian upbringing, and it began to become clear when he was in high school and especially college. He mentioned several times that the church wasn't very welcoming. He says you could only bring certain people to church and had to dress a certain way. He also said his views of religions, uh, he views religion as a crutch for some people. He says this, religion can be a crutch. Religion can be something that's... Uh, people have to have to make themselves feel better because it's binary. It's us versus them. It's saved and unsaved. It's heaven or hell. It's enlightened or heathen. It's holy and righteous and sinner. And that makes a lot of people feel better about themselves. I've got Jesus and I'm saved. That was a quote from Rogers. Uh, Rogers questioned the existence of God and he went on further to say this. I don't know how you can believe in a God who wants to condemn most of the planet to a fiery hell. What type of loving, sensitive, omnipresent, omnipotent being wants to get, condemn most of his beautiful creation to a fiery hell at the end of all of this? And Matthew wrote here, what I want to say to him is, I'm sorry. Like if I could meet Aaron face to face, I'm sorry. I'm sorry the church was not welcoming I'm sorry that the church excluded certain types of people. I'm sorry that you had to feel that you had to present yourself in a certain way before you could walk through the doors. Um, that's not the story of God's kingdom, right? Aaron and many others have you know, heard us tell the story in that same way, that you're not welcome here because you're a sinner. Uh, when I was in a punk rock band, we were ministering from the stage, and we'd have kids, we'd encourage kids, go to church. They'd come back and we, we hated church. Why? Well, because they told us we had to wear long sleeves because of our tattoos, and we couldn't wear our purple mohawks up. That's not the kingdom, right? Um, and I think his statements are more about the church than they are about Jesus, right? And I would like to tell Aaron, I get it. I understand. John 3.16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The story is God's kingdom coming, heaven invading earth, and Jesus is the king. Jesus thought this narrative was so important for us that he instructs us, pray like this every day. Thy kingdom come. Saturate yourself in this prayer. Thy kingdom come. God is his father, his name is holy, and we want his kingdom. I like the message paraphrase that we read earlier, which translated, thy kingdom come as set the world right. I feel like our worlds are upside down most of the time, and God's the only one that can set it right. God is asserting his rule in the world and through the ministry of Jesus, but what kind of rule will it be? Is God going to be an angry dictator ruling over his subjects in heaven? In the new kingdom? Or is he going to be a loving father like he says he is in the scripture? Where we're his children and daily we get to run into his arms. Uh, where he will wipe every tear from our eyes. He will heal every sickness. Every bit of sadness will be expelled from his kingdom. That's the kind of God we serve. Um, you know, if you've ever been fearful of an election, or soon to be... <laughs> Um, 
you, you always wonder what, what kind of leader you're going to get. If you're in a for, interview for a job, what kind of boss am I, am I going to be under? Uh, and thankfully with God, we don't have that worry. We serve a good God. Um, so I'm thankful that God's on the throne. That, that I'm not, you're not, <laughs> uh, other political leaders are not. Um, but you don't have to worry about what kind of king God's going to be because he's, he's a good king. Amen? Um, we've seen it through Jesus when he came to earth. That we saw God manifested himself through his son. And what we see in Jesus' life here on earth is a reflection of God's heart and his character towards his people. Luke eleven twenty, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. Jesus said, But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Where you see people being delivered from oppression, there you see God's kingdom in action. Where you see healing and the restoration of what sin and death have disfigured, there you see God's kingship displayed. Father, make your healing reign more and more tangible in our visible world. Let your rule assert itself ever more correctly in the, or concretely in the places where sickness and evil still seem to have the upper hand. We pray thy kingdom come because of the uncomfortable truth that God's rule is not yet visible in the way we long it to be. Mark 4, 31, 32, again Jesus said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds can perch in its shade. God's rule is breaking into the world through Jesus' ministry. Uh, not in such a way that it can't be readily identified with the untrained human eye, but we don't see it yet in a way that we will someday. One day we'll see it in its full glory. Um, it can be difficult to discern and hard to see at times, especially when you're going through something hard. Um, there's a story here, and I didn't realize this was such a long sermon, Matthew. My goodness. I'm going over his time limit. Um, but has anyone heard of Reverend Lawan uh, Andimi in the news recently? Okay, I'll read the story. So on January 2nd, there was a community in northwest Nigeria that was attacked by army terrorist, armed terrorists. Local residents fled into nearby bushes and hills as Nigerian forces intervened. And one person recounted, our people had to run helter-skelter when they heard that the terrorists were approaching the town. And the only one taken hostage was this pastor, Pastor Andimi. He was a Christian leader in the area. And on January 5th, Boko Haram released a video of Pastor Andimi. And in the video, this is what he said. He said, I've never been discouraged because all conditions that one finds himself in is in the hands of God. He went on to say, I'm appealing to all my colleagues, reverends, particularly my president, Reverend Joel Billy, who is a strong man, a man of compassion, a man of love. He can do all his best to speak to our governor and other necessary agents for my release here. And so the video was played. And uh, if you watch the video, there's no fear in his voice. He's just as calm as he could be. There's no anger towards his captive, the people holding him captive. Um, in fact, he's, he's thinking of another person, his own spiritual leader, in the midst of this plea. Um, and by the grace of God, it's, this is how he closed, I will be together with my wife, my children, and my colleagues. If the opportunity has not been granted, maybe it's the will of God. I want all people, close and far, colleagues to be patient. Don't cry. Don't worry, but thank God for everything. 
And uh, just a few days ago, on January 20th, uh, he was beheaded by his captors. You see a man here fully embracing the idea of God's kingdom. Not my life. It's about Jesus. My life's nothing. His is everything. And in the midst of the trials and the things that we go through in this life, I trust in God. I understand his kingdom's not fully here, but we want it to be. And that's why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So we're going to we're going to pray. Um, every Sunday we've been concluding our services with some activated prayers. Uh, just because prayer is not something you become a professional at. And sometimes it's not easy. Um, and sometimes it's not vocal. I think some of my most heartfelt prayers are prayers I can't find words to, to say. Uh, they're just something coming out of the, the depths of me that, that cry out to God. Um, so we're not here to, like, here's five steps to a healthy prayer life. Yeah. But we're offering you an opportunity to pray, and we're, we're going to give you some points to pray through together um, as we pray. So if you guys would stand with me, we're going to enter into a time of prayer here. <clears throat> so I'll open us up, and then I'll give you a prayer point, and we'll spend about a minute praying through that, and then I'll go on to the next one, and then I'll, I'll conclude. But Father, we, we come to you not as perfect, not as having wisdom and knowledge to, to know everything, but as your children, that we simply come to you in our, our time of need, in a time of, of needing your grace and your love, and a time of just expressing our hearts to you. And as we pray, God, we do pray that your kingdom would invade us, invade our perspectives, invade our hopes or our lack of, invade our faith or our doubts. And God, we just ask you to come. And so, Lord, as we pray as a people, we pray that you hear. And uh, the first prayer point is pray that God's kingdom would come in your life. of injustice whether that's in your own life or, or others
God's kingdom would come in our national and city politics. kingdom and resources would come and help bring solutions for a growing homeless population in Denver. God's agents of his kingdom, that would be faithful to our mission, and that this place would be a sanctuary from the oppressions of this world. thank you that not only do you listen, but you act. And so we're asking, Lord, in all these areas that your kingdom would come. Invade our lives, God, with more of your presence. Holy Spirit, we give you access to every area of our lives because we want your kingdom to come. And Lord, I just thank you that you are here and always here. In Jesus' name, amen. 